Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Your Successful Solutions, the podcast where we show you how to make action your greatest habit. I'm your host, Ian Tolson, and to give you a little backstory on this episode, it was my first one that I did a recording on, and I had no idea if it was actually being recorded at the time. The final edit is being done over a year later, so when you listen to it, you're going to hear Taylor's journey through the death of her mother, inheriting a house, and more. And before we get into this, I'm going to talk about a small section of the booklet that I pass out. Taylor and I have both read it and know that it can really help others. And I feel that it's very fitting for this particular episode. In the second chapter, it says, don't take harmful drugs. People who take drugs do not always see the real world in front of them. They're not completely there on a highway in casual contact and a home. Even on bottles of prescription drugs, it's some of them say, don't take this and drive a vehicle, for example. The second part says, don't take alcohol to excess. People who take alcohol are not alert. It reduces their ability to react. And if you listen to Danielle Matthews' episode, she was actually hit by a drunk driver, and that really impacted her life in a very horrible way. So you can see the effects that alcohol can cause by listening to that one episode, and it's 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 a story all by itself. So listen to that if you want to. In addition to that, it says a little liquor goes a long way. Don't let too much of it wind up in unhappiness and discourage people from excessive drinking. If you'd like one of these booklets or to get my free ebook on habits, head on over to iantolson.com. That's my first name, last name.com. And I'll put the link in the show notes below so that way you can easily head over there if you'd wish. So enjoy the episode. I had a lot of fun making this. Cheers. I grew up here with my mom and my brother, my older brother, two years older than me. Yeah, I mean, we basically lived here for my whole life. My mom passed away in 2008 from drug and alcohol abuse. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, she was also a drug dealer too. <laughs> so things were pretty wild, man. <laughs> yeah, so the house was like, now it has like no drugs in it, which is quite the opposite of where it seemed to That's have started. That's right, exactly. I mean, I. <laughs> was never really, I mean, in my younger years, I dealt in some drugs, but my mom, I tell people, was kind of like the reverse role model, you could say. Okay. I mean, I know that she, yeah, like, I mean, I know she really cared about my brother and I, but that was the decision that she made to make a living. And mm. it wasn't the best decision, you know? It's like, a lot of people don't know, but it's like, you can't just, I mean, you can buy drugs off of whoever, but yeah. I mean, my mom had multiple doctors and she was prescribed multiple drugs and she sold them. And I mean, in order to prove that you're taking the drugs, you have to take them. So she was also on all of those drugs and addicted to them as well. So, wow. Yeah. Rough times along with alcohol. So. Okay. And so when you, when you were growing up, was it like she was just on them all throughout her life or? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, my brother and I found out when we were about five or six years old. I mean, come on, okay. you have all of these randos coming into the house, and then they they go to the bathroom, and they have their secret time, and you're like, what the hell's going on, you know? Right, <laughs> but, right. I mean, my, yeah, my brother and I, we weren't idiots, you know? And also, we yeah. we saw some pretty gnarly stuff, you know, people getting high and falling asleep on the couch with the needle in their arm. Oh, Wow. Yeah, some really crazy stuff for me coming home from school and encountering my mom 
and her friend, or at least her friend, snorting drugs at the living room coffee table. Oops, <laughs> like, you know, here I am, like, oh, geez. So at one point, my mom was like, I mean, my brother and I confronted my mom, like, dude, we know what you do. Like, you don't need to like make it some like crazy secret. Like we already know, you know? And she's like, okay. Right. Not that she would do it in front of us or something, but she just knew that we knew, you know? So, right. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty rough, pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, how would you say your relationship was with her was through that type of situation? Well, I mean, in reality, I know that there are a lot of families that, you know, struggle from somebody who's addicted to drugs or alcohol or whatever, but I mean, mm -hmm. that person isn't themselves. So, mm. I mean, there were definitely times that, I mean, she was my mom for sure, but no matter yeah. what, inevitably, she was always affected by the substance abuse, whether she was drunk or she was high or she wasn't being active with my brother and I or partaking mm. in our lives anymore at one point, you know? So, I mean, I think in general, my relationship with my, my mom was pretty good, but I absolutely cannot say the same for my brother. They okay. were, yeah, they were constantly, my mom was constantly blaming him for stealing money from her. Wow. Thousands of dollars, like thousands. I mean, she's a drug dealer. She had like cash stored everywhere. So, wow. Yeah, just like it, it got pretty nuts between her and him. And then in my older years, like 18 or whatever, like her mm -hmm. and I definitely got physical from time to time or screaming okay. matches. And yeah, it got real sometimes, you know, but I knew yeah. that that wasn't her. Now I really look at it and I know that that wasn't her. You know, it was mm -hmm. the drug and the alcohol for sure. Hey everyone, just real fast. Have you ever wanted to start a habit but found it too difficult to do? You can do it for a couple days, but then it becomes just too much of a hassle. I have a simple solution for you. Read my free ebook on habits and get a free coaching session. I've literally charged hundreds of dollars for my sessions. So sign up today, enjoy the benefits of living a lifestyle that you've always wanted and reach out to me. That's over at iantolson.com. That's again, my first name, last name.com. And I'll look forward to speaking with you there. You'll actually receive my free ebook right when you enter the site and, and enter in your email address. So check it out and have a good rest of your day. Cheers. Gotcha. And so she had money laying around the house because she couldn't necessarily go to a bank, right? Probably, yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she didn't have a job. I know that she collected social security. You know, it's like where you get your income. I mean, like, yeah, she did her own thing. She had a safe. She had safes everywhere. Interesting. She kept the money. Yeah, she kept the money in there and whatever. Do you still have some of the safes? <laughs> no. To be honest, I mean, after she died, I literally cleaned this house out to the bare yeah. bones. I got literally, which was kind of actually at the time, I think about it now, was really stupid. But I just literally got rid of everything. Okay. Everything that she had. So it was just a bare house. Interesting. Right. You could have kept like the couch or the bed or something. In right. Like, let's think in <laughs> futures, right? Like maybe you could use the bed. Maybe you could like wear that mink coat or maybe sell it for more money. <laughs> right. I mean? so, yeah, I wasn't very smart. I was young and just at a loss, you know, yeah. like get rid of it all. Heard that getting rid of a lot of things is sometimes a good way to go about it. Yeah. I mean, to a degree for sure. Like I, I felt like it was kind of like a cleansing aspect of it. Mm. Because I mean, the reality of it is, is 
when somebody passes or like when you lose a dog or something that you strongly care about, it's like you can't think of anything else but that thing. Yeah. But that person. And it's like everything you look at reminds mm. you of them. And there's like no escaping it unless you you find a replacement somehow. And I think that my actions and just ridding of everything in the house was me attempting to do that was to just alleviate some of the pain, you know? Mm. But I mean, that, that didn't really work very well, as you can imagine. It just <laughs> was kind of like a bandage, you know? Yeah. How did, so. how did she end up passing away? Well, I mean, over the years, it's pretty interesting, but to be honest, she was hard as a rock, man. Like this, she endured so much physical issues and some that I know that I wasn't even a hundred percent aware of. Mm -hmm. Like she just really abused her body, you know, not with, I mean, mostly yes, with the alcohol and the drugs, but I mean, she really just didn't take care of herself. She okay. like in the seventies and the eighties, you know, people were really into like tanning outside and she really destroyed her skin and I guarantee, I don't have proof, but I guarantee that she had skin cancer. And from the abuse from the drugs and the alcohol, she had cirrhosis of the liver, she had hepatitis C. And I mean, at one point she just started, you know, the body just started failing and she wasn't mm -hmm. able to, you know, keep up with it. And in reality too, it's like, even when she was put in the hospital, she, she just was in complete denial that she was like, her body was not working anymore and wasn't functioning anymore or how it should be. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, ultimately that was the death of her was the abuse on her body from the drugs and the alcohol for sure. Okay. Yeah. And so she was basically in the hospital when she passed away or? Well, kind of, I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> as I said, she was like hard as nails, you know, like, I mean, she was in ICU for, I think like a week. And then, I mean, we got the advice that, okay, look, like her body's not gonna come back. Like she's on mm. her way out. She needs to be moved where she can be made comfortable. Okay. And so then she was moved to a different hospital room and eventually she was moved to hospice where she stuck around, dude, for like two months. Wow. She just, she wouldn't move on, you know? Huh. And so I'd go and I'd visit her and I'd bring the dog and, okay. you know, because she loved Stevie, the dog. So, and, uh, <laughs> But yeah, she finally, she finally like, you know, she finally left. And I think better for her, you know what I mean? It's like, why stick around in a body that isn't working anymore? You know, go start a new life. Right. So, I mean, that's my viewpoint, you know? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did you, it was, it was obvious, kind of expected a big shock when it occurred for you. Well, it's kind of, well, to be, yeah. I mean, to a degree it was. Okay. Because really, throughout my younger years, my mom was in and out of the hospital all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, but she'd always come back. Oh, so, I see. Right. So it was like, there was one evening that I was at a party and mm -hmm. I got a call from our cleaning lady and she's like, look, your mom went to the hospital. I was like, okay, well, is it something serious? Like, should I come home? She's like, no, I think she's fine. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to keep partying. <laughs> so so I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. But then the next morning she woke me up at six in the morning. She's like, look, sweetie, I think... I think this is serious now. Your mom's heart stopped last night. Wow. And they got it back going. But, and I mean, that was the thing that I knew at like one day I would have to confront is like, mm. I have family all across the country. My dad's in Wyoming, my brother's in California, people in Arizona, North Carolina. Nobody's in Florida except for my mom and I. 
Right. And I knew that I would have to make that phone call one day. Like, it's happening. Her body's get, like, I need you guys here now. You know, like I had to call each family member and take that responsibility on to like the, you know, the call for help, you know, like, I don't know what to do. So yeah, eventually it became serious. Wow. Yeah. What were, yeah. What were some of your like more initial thoughts? Well, when I found out, I obviously fell apart. I mean, the re I really, I mean, her, where she was located in hospice was in St. Pete, which is about 25 minute drive. And okay. I was at a friend's house and basically when I got the call, I was like, oh my God, like, should I go there? Because the woman called me and she's like, look, honey, I think like she's in her final minutes. And I was okay. like, oh my God, should I go there? And she's like, well, where are you? And I said that I'm about 25 minutes away. She's like, she's not going to make it that long. Okay. You know, just, you just don't worry about it. I just wanted to call and let you know. And like, she was really sweet, but yeah, it's like at that point I was put in a position that there's the loss. There's the real loss. She's gone. I can't like, I can't be there for her anymore. You know, she's got to figure it out on her own at this point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, at that point, because I was 18 and wow. like, my mom was like my stable person. And mm -hmm. to be living now, I have this two-story, 1,600-square-foot house to myself. And I have my friends. My friends knew what was going on, but I was like, I need to drink. I need to smoke <laughs> something. I need to do something because I can't, like, I can't experience this. I right. can't experience this pain, you know? So initially, I mean, my first reach was that night. I was like, let's get wasted. Let's go. Okay. Like I'm done, you know, so I called all of my friends. We had this huge party and wow, it's like here I am. You know what I mean? It's like, I know a lot of people reach for that. And it's like, that's going to dampen that, that horrible feeling that you feel when you lose someone. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, the next day that that loss isn't gone. That feeling isn't gone. The alcohol, the drugs didn't do anything. It just put a bandage. So and that's kind of like how months after my life looked like I literally drank. I obviously didn't learn from my mom, <laughs> but yeah. I drank. I literally, I didn't do many drugs. Like I smoked weed every once in a while, but I really yeah. didn't like the way that it made me feel. But alcohol was like my go-to and I drank day and night like a boss. Like, <laughs> like really though like crazy uh -huh. and uh yeah that's how my for months after that's how it looked like for me you know it was pretty crappy it wasn't it's really it's, it wasn't fun when you really no. look at it yeah so yeah it's pretty crazy but no. um mm -hmm. yeah i mean and then even looking at that it's like you're 18 years old you have a bunch of party friends. You have all these guys that are, uh, you know, they want to place a party. Well, it's perfect. I have the perfect setup. I've got this empty house. I can just bring the kegs, bring the right. beer, bring the whiskey, let's go, you know? So that's kind of like, my house kind of turned into this flop house. And I, like, I mean, the cops knew who I was. My neighbors knew that I, w I was grieving, like, so they didn't bother me, they didn't do anything. I had one guy across the street that was like, calling cops on me constantly, but the cops would come and they'd be like, it's okay, just can you just be quieter, please? <laughs> <I literally laughs> it's fine with what you're doing. 
like we get it, but could you just shut up so we're not called out ever again? <laughs> okay, sorry. You know, but but yeah, and I mean the friends that I had, it, you know, it's just yeah, I yeah, it was it was rough, pretty rough times. I believe you. And yeah. and so there was a certain like um like you said that you had come across somebody was it James that ended up helping you out type of thing? Yeah, actually. Um uh-huh. I guess you could say this this guy was like my kind of like my saving grace. Um Yeah, yeah. Basically James is from when I was like him and I were 13, he was a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And um to be honest with you, I mean he kind of annoyed the hell out of me <laughs> when we were kids. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. he was just a really like happy guy and he really cared about helping his friends and um he really liked to walk everywhere right so he actually he would walk to my house all the time so one of my mom's biggest rules was do not come over unless you call because my mom's a drug dealer oh, you can't right. just you don't know who's going to be there and what's going on so you have to call before yeah. Because James and I like weren't very good friends, or, or we were good friends, but he just annoyed the hell out of me. I would never answer his calls. <laughs> oh, funny. Okay. And so then he'd try calling my mom, and no one would answer, so he'd just show up. So anyway, long story short, my mom really adored him. He was just like a really good person, and nice. he was a beautiful guy, whatever. But I was like, dude, he's so weird. Like, whatever. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> he knew my mom really well. So, and he had conversations with my mom and whatever. So they, they were just good friends. So mm-hmm. I hadn't talked to James for like two years, you know, mm-hmm. prior to my mom passing. And mm-hmm. I guess he saw on social media that I, like she had died. I had wow. posted it on MySpace or something. And he's like, oh my God, like I need to go see her and see if she's okay. So yeah. he showed up and I was sitting on my French por- front porch, just totally wasted. And he showed up and he's like, hey. And uh, he was the type of friend, he is the type of friend that he's not gonna let you go down, you know? Nice. And he really, like, I mean, he, we had no sexual relation or anything like that, but he would get off work, he'd come to my house, he would spend the night, we would talk for hours, talk about like how to handle my life and what to do and whatever and wow. he would never like he would do yeah he would he would come to the parties and he wouldn't partake in any of the drinking none of the smoking none of the drugs he would be offered it but he just didn't do that he yeah. just doesn't he doesn't he doesn't do that kind of stuff he didn't care if it didn't make him look cool or whatever you know mm-hmm. and um but anyway i mean in general i kind of started to notice that I kind of started to realize and separate him from all of my friends. Like he's unlike nobody else that I know or that I associate with. Like all of my friends I fought with, cry with, they're irrational. They drink, they do drugs. I'm like, God, like, but he doesn't, Uh you know, like he's a really sane guy. And I started to realize that. Interesting. uh, Yeah. He just really started to help me, you know? So he helped me a lot through that really rough time, that really major big, crazy loss you mm-hmm. know with my mom and stuff so all in all with him just talking to him every night he helped me to realize that, that you know I really need to look at the people that I'm around mm-hmm. and really evaluate like are these people helping my survival or are they not okay because I you know just looking at it from that that aspect I started to realize that a lot of them that I considered like really good friends 
and not necessarily that they're bad people, but no, right. they were just, kind of, they, yeah, they were kind of lost in it with me. And mm. so I just, at the time, no, they weren't necessarily promoting my survival. So I really had to make some hard decisions at that time. Like, am I going to come up in life or am I just going to continue on the pattern that I am and totally spiral out, you know? Interesting. So, right. So I kind of just had to evaluate my life, the people in it, and my decisions and what I was doing, you know? So. That's a lot to look at and kind of review and be like, what's going on here? <laughs> right. Well, you know, I feel like for people that have experienced a lot of loss or whatever that they have in life, mm-hmm. maybe not so consciously, but at one point, in one moment during the day or whatever it is, at night when they're alone, they realize like they have to make a change. Mm. they have to make a change in their life so it's either not as bad or to improve it okay and it's that deciding factor and that deciding moment that it's like are you going to do it or not you know or you you know what i mean it's like everybody has room for improvement everybody in Mm. whatever subject so i mean i feel like james really helped me to open my eyes to see that and i'm forever grateful good lord (laughs) forever (laughs) grateful for that Right. Because I, I honestly don't think I'd be here if it weren't for him. Wow. Really. That's deep. Yeah. Because really, some, that was the darkest. And I'm generally a really happy person. Really, right. though. <laughs> Even in high school. Like, I was a really happy person. Dude, I got class clown. I was nominated class clown. I was prom <laughs> queen. Like, people loved me, and I was very happy. But that one loss yeah. totally annihilated me as a person. Wow. I was like, I... I don't have to be here. I really don't. I could have it or leave it, you know? Interesting. So, yeah. So for James to be there for me was, that was everything. I bet. Yeah. Did you say that you ended up getting some counseling? Was it through him or just through? Well, yeah, actually. Yeah, actually I did. I mean, he (laughs) helped me really consider it. I mean, obviously him helping me to see that you know, who are the people I'm around? Am I improving my condition or not? Like, what action do I need to take? And I realized that, yeah, I absolutely needed some help. Mm-hmm. I needed I needed something because I'd never felt like this before, never experienced it. And for me, like, I didn't, I really didn't know what to do. So sure. I did receive some uh, spiritual counseling, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, it was super simple. It took about three hours. And it was... Okay literally the changing point at that moment in time it was literal night and day wow i felt i literally dude i can't even describe it i felt mm-hmm. like when my mom passed and holding on to that loss i felt like there were mountains on my chest mm. i couldn't breathe man wow. and after i received that spiritual counseling that uh-huh. literally allowed me to breathe again Wow. It allowed me to see life mm-hmm. again. Like, it's like looking, it's like seeing the world in the dark and then one changing factor and everything's in color again. So, mm-hmm. right. And I mean, it's been many years since my mom has passed. Right. And even so recently after I received that spiritual counseling so many years ago, mm-hmm the difference that I could mostly see is like when I would try and talk to somebody about my mom after she died, 
I couldn't, I couldn't speak about it. I couldn't talk about it without going into grief. Wow. But after this counseling I received, I was able to just remember it and just see it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Of course I loved her. And of course I miss her, but, yeah. but I'm not literally held down by this heavy, heavy grief loss. You get it? Yeah. So that was the difference. And I was able to go, okay, cool. There are things that I want to do in this life. I, yeah. I like, I want to paint. I want to create this house. I want to fix it. I want to get married. I want to have children, you know, and I want to help other people. Uh-huh. And that's what I was able to see after I literally experienced that major relief from that counseling. Wow. Yeah. So, so before the counseling, all, all your attention was just focused on your mother, essentially. Right. I mean, really, I, you know, whether they were good friends or not, or whatever, whoever they were, to a degree, of course, they were, but I needed people around me all the time. If I was alone, it was really dark. Wow. It was really scary. And that's what I mean by like, I could take it or leave it. That's how low I was. And it's like, when I think back on that now, I'm like, you can get that low. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's so out of my reality now that I was ever that low. Sure. Because especially at that time, there was literally no way out. And thank God I had James as a friend that was just like, look, you know, let me help you. Let a friend help you. Mm-hmm. Do you really think that drinking and doing drugs is really going to promote your survival? Right. Do you think that, you know, your friends being here constantly drinking or whatever is going to promote your survival, not having a job, you know, being in this house all day, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And so he just really helped me to see that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I had no intentions of moving forward after that loss. I didn't care to get wow. a job. I didn't care to do anything. I was on, you know, terrible terms with my dad. I mean, in real, like, I, I just did not care about myself. I didn't care my body spiritually at all. And really, like, even bad terms with my dad, I mean, I was going to eat work. I was drinking and I was partying every single night and my dad literally called me out on it. <laughs> He's like, I'm trying to figure out because I sent him a Christmas card. Like I sent him a Christmas card for Christmas and it has these fuzzy little angels on it. <laughs> and he sends me an email and he's like, I'm trying to figure out whether you're one of these sparkly, fluffy, fluffy angels on this Christmas card you sent me, or if you're just a promiscuous alcoholic whore. He wow. said something like that to me. And I know Come on, parents will be parents. I know he's trying to snap me out of it. Yeah. But I gave no shit. I was like, I'm sorry. You and mom were alcoholic and drug addicts. What, what, do, you, what do you expect, dude? You want to be in my life or not? Don't tell me what to do. Like, yeah. that's, that's how I was. It's like, I didn't care what bridges I burned. I didn't care who I hurt. I didn't care about anything. And it's just, who can carry on in life without caring? Right. <laughs> you just can't, you know? Yeah. You have, you have to, to have care something. about what Yeah, you have to care about life around you, <laughs> you know? And at that point, I 100% could have gone on literally giving no shits. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. So, yeah. kind of like going out of it a little more, where do you find yourself now? Like you've obviously were in like a rough rough patch and then 
like you found James and that improved your life. And then like fast forward, where, where are you at today with everything? Well, I mean, first of all, uh, to catch you up, I mean, James and I have <laughs> actually are in a relationship. We've, we've been in a relationship for about 11 years now. Nice. And yeah, I mean, I've had long relationships before, but I mean, it really helps to be with somebody who's sane. You know, yeah. <laughs> so and he's also, yeah, I mean, he's also received spiritual counseling as well, which uh -huh. for various losses or whatever, just to help him survive better in life. But I feel like for him and I, we're, like we've had a lot of success in our relationship and being together and handling upsets and okay. all of that. But I mean, any other previous boyfriend, I don't feel like I could have really carried it out as long you know what i mean right sure but anyway with him so i'm with james and we live in my childhood home and uh we actually we're still in the middle of renovations but we've dedicated many years to putting money into the house and renovating it and making it a beautiful home what it is now and mm -hmm. i mean really for the most part what i do now is i'm a painter and i like to paint and i also help people on the side with spiritual counseling as well. Uh -huh. And um, I also fix this house, man. I mean, I'm like, the main, <laughs> like, I'm like the main one that fixes the house, but literally anything you can think of to fix this house, I have done it. Like wow. we have, we, I have been under every single floorboard of this house, under the house, stealing <laughs> it. Yeah. I have yeah. nearly, I'm about 75% done with sanding, scraping, cleaning, and painting the outside of the house. Oh my God. <laughs> All by myself. Wow. And, well, I actually, that's a, that's a lie. I don't want to lie. But I got a little bit of help <laughs> from my brother-in-law, Nikki. Okay. Thank you, Nikki. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, as I said, the renovations don't stop with that. But where I am in life is, um, dude, I'm really happy. Like nice. I, I, I live a really incredible life. Like I have amazing friends around me uh -huh. and you know, people that are really good people that are really sane and are really good with communication, including mm -hmm. yourself. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, man. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, I really, really enjoy helping people. So mm -hmm. I've dedicated a lot of time to that and fixing this house. And I also, oh yeah, I'm a personal assistant for this guy uh, that I've been doing also for about eight years. And nice. yeah, like I really find that I'm the most productive that I've ever been in my life. Wow. I, I can grab any bull by the horns, really. That's how I feel. Like that's my attitude towards life now. There's nothing that can stop me. That's why I'm a monster. I'm a monster. <laughs> but I do like I really genuinely have that certain attitude about mm -hmm. life. Bring it on. Let's go. You know. That's cool. And yeah, I love that. I love it. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. it's nice to feel this way. <laughs> <Just happy>. <laughs> <laughs> right? Who wouldn't want to feel this way? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Yeah, that's rad. I yeah, love yeah. how it's like you went from where you were to where you are now. That's such a big, that's not like an overnight change either. It was like making small conscious yeah. decisions that Seriously. led you to, yeah. Seriously. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't a night and day change. Mm -hmm. It really took a lot of effort. I mean, James worked mm -hmm. with me for, I think, five months 
Wow. It took a lot. It took a lot of convincing me really that I needed help and really, and it's not like he sat there and he told me your friends are bad. These people are bad. Okay. He kind of just observed with me and he really, without evaluating and telling me what to see, he told, he, he just suggested like, look, you know, you have good people and you have bad intentioned people and not saying that they were bad intentioned at all but it's just the group agreement that was occurring at the time. Yeah, let's party, let's like get crazy. Uh It just really wasn't helpful at the time, you know? And I absolutely 100% do not hold it against those people, but you know, during that time, James was really my saving grace as a friend. He really just cared a lot that I survived and I didn't spiral downward. And I mean, for me, it was, throughout the years, it's been a major learning experience to, Uh you know, kind of not operate that way Mm -hmm. and to be responsible, pay your bills, you know, like even the simple (laughs) things, like these things matter. They make you feel good when you do it, you know? And so I have found that I've received also, I mean, even just that three hour spiritual counseling counseling that I got on the loss of my mom, I've received way more. way more that has helped me and allowed me to kind of just unleash as who i am (laughs) genuinely really though wow dude yeah man it's hard to explain but it's like i've I've done a lot of studying on like life improvement courses and various areas whether it be like financing children and marriage or whatever it may be yeah and i've really applied that technology in my life and that's what's really helped to improve it so absolutely like it's no like one day change, yay, I'm a brand new unicorn, you know? (laughs) It does, it takes the work, but every single step you take forward, Mm. it gets you closer to being who you really are, you know? Mm -hmm. So I kind of operate that way still. It's like, okay, well, give me a huge project and maybe I'll have some uncertainty on it, but guess what? I'm gonna do it anyway. And I'm gonna, you know what I mean? It's all in the experience. So mm-hmm. yeah, for me, it's really, yeah, you're right. It's making those little decisions to take the step forward, not backwards. Keep going. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> if there yeah. was, um, if there was something that you could tell someone else about this right now, like what would you say to them if they were kind of maybe in a similar position or a situation where maybe they were like, on drugs or have done some drugs or some drinking and they were kind of like not they knew that maybe life wasn't so great but they maybe weren't aware of it like what would you say to like get them to move in the right direction i guess call me call me (laughs) i'm serious though like you know what everybody needs a real friend and that's what james was for me and to be honest with you i didn't even mention it i've 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 encountered a few friends of mine that have struggled with alcoholism or struggled with drug abuse. And I mean, James and I, you could say, we've assumed the parenting position. Like we've taken our friends in and we've done whatever we could to help them either get off of drugs or, you know, help them to start surviving better rather than succumbing to, you know, the struggles of life. But I mean, my biggest advice is it's never too heavy to handle. It's never too heavy. That loss with my mom was, at that time, unbearable. Wow. There was no light. There was nothing there, you know? But And I really believed that until James showed up. 
and he was a real friend. Wow. So, I mean, my advice is like, call me or call you, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know yeah, that yeah. you would do the same thing, you know, because it's, I know that, I, I mean, you're a good friend to me, so I know that you would do the same just like James would. Well, thanks. You know, and, but um, it's never, it's never too late. You know, and especially with the spiritual counseling that I received, it's like that was, that truly was a night and day experience. That was a three hour experience, night and day experience. Wow. That session I did was three hours and it took the work and I did it and I, there was light again, for sure. That's insane to hear. That's just not available because most, <laughs> I feel like most people who go through life are just, here's antidepressants, here's xyz and it's oh, it's still it's a band-aid it doesn't really solve the problem right and that's well it's interesting that you mentioned that because for me specifically it's like as you know my mom is a drug addict mm -hmm. and you know that's like okay like there are street drugs of course there's oxycodone there's weed there's dilata there's you know there's all these types of street drugs and it's like yeah, yeah that's that's drugs like people look at that those are bad for you you know but <laughs> You know, so I myself started doing my own research and mm. I mean, now you kind of start getting into like what you mentioned, like antidepressants, mm -hmm. like psychotropic drugs. What's the difference between those street drugs and those drugs? Mm. But that is, that is the thing, you know, I mean, you say like, oh, there's like, there's another answer for that. There a hundred percent is because I could have easily gone, oh my God, I need to go see a psychiatrist. I'm so depressed and I'm lost and whatever. And I need to take drugs to handle this. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't need to do that. And I very well might may have. And mm -hmm. thank God I didn't, dude, because <laughs> those I don't know if you've ever like looked into psych drugs, but they are horrible, mind altering. Like no, totally. they're right. I yeah, you know. And it's I, I was on them. <laughs> you were. There you go. Then you know, man. You yeah, know dude. how horrific they are. And it's not even necessarily just doing them, it's no. getting off of them. That too. That's what's that's what's horrible. I mean, you could probably tell your own story about it. I've never been on them, thank God. Mm, that's good. And I'm so happy you're still here. Hey, you're thanks. still here, dude. <laughs> thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, the one yeah. thing I'll say the one thing I'll say about them is that it's I didn't even really realize what it was doing. Like all I knew is that I was on them and like I could tell like it wasn't an immediate thing. It was a role reversal of kind of what had happened. So it basically started where I was like doing fine and I was happy and I was stoked on life. And then I got on an antidepressant, I got on, um, what was it, Ritalin. And then it just slowly went down day by day by day by day. And it was just after I think a solid year, this isn't good. <laughs> but I didn't know and I didn't know any better. I didn't know my thoughts weren't okay because how is I supposed to know? You know what I mean? It's a weird right. box you get put in. Life's not good anymore and I don't know why. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. Yeah, it sucks. There, they, yeah, there are horrible, horrible stories about kids. Yeah, horrible stories. People committing suicide on them. Like, I mean, these these are supposed to help you, you know? Right. And it's, but bottom line is, you don't have to do them. No. There is. I mean, there there are other answers that mm -hmm. can one hundred percent help you and lift that heaviness from your chest, like it did me. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. This is yeah. rad. I'm so glad you were able to bring this stuff up. I appreciate your willingness too to talk yeah, about this. Of course. Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I'm sure like I'm not the only one. 
Of yeah. course I'm not. I mean, there are people out there and that's what I mean. Like call us. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like, there are people that are seriously struggling from crazy loss and they think there's no light, but there are a hundred percent is there mm. really is. I so I, I'm so happy to be a part of this, you know, just to kind of briefly tell my story, <laughs> how wild it was. And yo, there's light at the end of the tunnel, man. You can get out of that misery for sure. Wow. That yeah. was, that was deep. Like what you just said was just so enlightening. And <laughs> I'm sure if anybody was listening to that right now, they just, they could just take a deep breath too. And just, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah man. Because it's just <laughs> true. It just is and isness. It's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And I've lived it. I know it. Wow. If someone did want to reach out to you, where would be the easiest place for them to connect with you? Oh, well, I'm on Facebook or, I mean, plenty of, plenty of things. Like, you know, my phone number, 727-348-0781. I'll give it to you again. 727-348-0781. I, it's not a joke, man. No, like, but it's just funny. <laughs> Like I said, like 10 minutes ago, call me. Cause yeah, call me. Here's my phone number now. Just call me. You have no excuse. <laughs> no, but it's really, and I know, and I know that you have the same purpose too. You yeah. just want to help people. Totally. You really do. And that's, it's like once you've lived it and you've experienced it, you're like, holy shit. People yeah. need to experience this. They really do. And just, oh, there's a way out. That's mm-hmm. really what it is, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's my number, Taylor Mac. Taylor like Taylor Swift, but I'm not Taylor Swift. Mac, like Mac Truck, M-A-C-K. Find me on Facebook, shoot me a PM, let's go. <laughs> let's, go. let's do this. Let's go, you know? So yeah, man. Yeah, or call my dude Ian. Ian wants to help you too, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So awesome. Hey everyone, before we end off, I want to say thank you for your time today and listening to the episode. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and subscribe. Getting new listeners is easily done through good reviews, and I know from my experience on Amazon that if I don't see enough good reviews, I won't consider taking a look at something. (laughs) So if you could please help me out, that would be amazing. Thanks again, my friends, for all you do and stay well. P.S. Head over to iantolson.com after you leave a review to get your free ebook and coaching session. Cheers. Yeah. Ah, this is just so cool. I'm glad this is happening. Hell yeah, man. I'm so happy to be a part of it. Like anytime you want to talk about anything, we yeah. don't have to talk about me. We could talk about like sheep or something. Like we could talk about like okay, this is it's really fun. <laughs> the list can go on. Yeah, right. Some crazy stories, you know. I gave you the brief version, dude. <laughs> Craziness. Yeah, but I know. Really, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. You're a rad chick. Yeah. Ever since the first day I met you, it was just like. Like what? It was initially through Facebook, and then like seeing you for the first time, you're like Ian. You're like I was like, what's up, Taylor? <laughs> you're the guy I saw on Facebook and talked to. Come yeah. here. <laughs> That's right. I was yeah. like, is that you? Okay, let's be friends. <laughs> let's be friends. <laughs> let's be friends. <laughs> A young, youthful approach to being friends with people, though it's awesome. Yeah. How How old do you think I am? Do you know how old I am? I don't, I don't know your exact age. Like I feel guess. like. Just guess. Yes. I won't be offended at all. It's like when people guess my weight, I'm never offended. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> around 28. 
28, okay, fine. Usually I get like, I mean, you, you've known me though, but usually I get like 25? <laughs> no, I'm 30. Oh, no I'm way. I'm 30. Isn't that crazy? It I'm is. like, yeah, right. That's a joke. It's so arbitrary though, dude. <laughs> it's, it's such a joke. Give me a break. I'm like, no, but for real, like when I'm like being super responsible, like I'm a responsible adult, yeah. I'm like 27. But when I'm being <laughs> silly and I'm being like super happy and silly and whatever, being yeah, a yeah. weirdo, I'm like, I don't know, 23, 24. Right. It's just what's real to me. Sometimes yeah. I forget my age. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like 26. Oh wait. <laughs> 22. I'm not. Wait a <laughs> but then, you know, then I started thinking literally the other day, I'm like, you know what? People keep thinking that I'm way younger, like years younger than I am. I'm yeah. just gonna start saying that. Why not start saying that? People do that in their older age. I'm just right. gonna start saying I'm 26. Like, 26. <laughs> I'm 26. Today, Sounds like right great. now. I think I'm in agreement with myself. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like change it every hour, just depending on how you feel at that particular yeah. moment in time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was 28 about five minutes ago, but right now I'm 22. Yeah, it's all, it's all, that was a lie. <laughs> The other thing that I find too, it's, I mean, as I so, I told you, I have so many responsibilities. Mm. I have so many things to do, so much shit to get done. Mm -hmm. And one of my biggest things is I found is like production is the basis of morale. Mm. Like dude, when I finish a painting or I finish painting a wall on the outside of the house or mm. I finish a massive project or even a small one, like whatever, you know, I'm cleaning yeah. a house, anything. I feel great. Wow. I feel so good. I'm like, all right, you know, I literally accomplished the world today. And I think that that makes a difference too. It's like, you know, when people are in a position where they have, you know, some heavy shit that they're sitting on, it's like, they don't feel like doing anything. They don't feel like, you know, cleaning up the coffee table or whatever it may be. But mm -hmm. that's another piece of advice I give. It's like, you know, fine. You don't have to like paint the outside of an entire house, but yeah. Clean up the coffee table. Clean up what you can. Like, yeah. put away your laundry in the basket. <laughs> and it will make you, it really will. It will make you feel better. Mm. Just having a cleaner space and doing something. You're being productive, you know? I totally agree with you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, it's changed my life. <laughs> totally. Yeah, even just like the small things. I think when yeah. like the whole Corona thing started, first things I started to do is, you know what, I'm going to clean up my area right now. And that totally helped me feel way better. I was just like, Ooh, yeah. that was a solution. Fantastic. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of negative stuff going on about Corona and the virus and whatever, yeah. but I'll tell you one thing, everybody's yeah. house is pristine right now. <laughs> like, so everybody, everybody be sanitizing. Everybody be cleaning because they have nothing else to do. Right. And they're like, well, gee, I'm just going to clean my house. Like, they're just going <laughs> to clean everything spotless. Everything. You know? And I found, yeah, of course I fall in that category for sure. My house isn't, like, Good. amazingly clean now, but in the beginning, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. That's cool. Clean the hell out of it clean the hell out of it <laughs> yeah but i felt damn good about it i I'm felt sure great did. afterwards i'm like hell yeah i have time to do this shit now i feel great you know yeah so yeah it's good stuff that's cool yeah man 
Awesome, Taylor. Well, dude, I appreciate your time on this. I think I think we're at a good we're at a good point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll throw my number down to seven two zero four two two zero five three nine and seven two zero four two two zero five three nine. Reach out to either Taylor, Mac, or I on Facebook, and you can get help with what you have going on because we like to help people. <laughs> right, we like to help people, and the reality of it is, is the more people that are happier on the planet, the easier going life is going to be. Totally. So, getting that help, like. I feel like a mom. I don't have kids yet, but I feel like I'm a mommy. <laughs> I will help you. I will. I will yeah. be your friend. Let's go, you know? So. <laughs> anyway, that. dude, thanks so much for having me on here. I really, really enjoyed it. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> You're always fun to talk to. Like whenever I see you, it's randomly in the grocery store or like anywhere, just like, oh, what's up, Taylor? <laughs> what's good? And then we end up talking for like 30 minutes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, man. Call me back anytime. Like, whatever. It's awesome. <laughs> Rad, dude. Bring me back. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Cool. <laughs> cool. Nice. Yeah. <laughs>